Did you hear that? Yeah. Who whispered that? Nobody. Nobody. I heard Nobody that. whispered that? No. We're we all we all just heard it. <laughs> Could you repeat that for us? From South Carolina Public Radio and South Carolina ETV, this is South of Spooky, an exploration of ghost stories, folklore, and culture in the South. I'm Gavin Jackson. And I'm A.T. Shire. This episode, Learning from the Pros. Hey, everyone. A.T. and Gavin here. We've had a lot of laughs during our first season here at South of Spooky. And thank you so much for making it all the way to the end. In the words of noted wildlife expert and environmentalist Nigel Thornberry, I'd say it's been a smashing success. Mm, yes, quite, quite, my gosh, indeed, yes. I'm Gavin, by the way, in case you weren't sure. <laughs> Me, Gavin Jackson. And yes, a resounding success of a season, if I may say so. Many people, many people are saying this, the smartest people. Sadly, one thing we haven't had a lot of success with is proving that the paranormal exists. Not that that's our mandate, but it'd sure be nice. In fact, it may shock you as a listener to learn that, yes, even us pro-spookers, we had begun to doubt ourselves. So after hours of non-diligent internet goofing off... For, for our mental health. Of course, our mental health, of course, for our mental health. We did some diligent internet sleuthing and found that South Carolina has quite a strong paranormal investigative community. Exactly right, Gavin. And that's how we found the SCPRAI, or the South Carolina Paranormal Research and Investigations Group. Now, they're experienced paranormal investigators based all around South Carolina who have been investigating and documenting reports of ghosts, hauntings, and paranormal activity individually since 1987, and as a team for 14 years. According to their own site, they're mature, serious-minded individuals with years of experience in the field of paranormal research. So we here at South of Spooky did what anyone in their right mind would do. We reached the heck out to them. That is how we met Darlene. My name is Darlene Timmerman, and I am... Recently retired, mm. so the only only hobby I have at this point is uh, my paranormal activity. <laughs> God, you can already tell that she's amazing. She's amazing, isn't she? Now, Darlene isn't just any old member of SCPRAI. I'm the case manager, so anybody who, our website, we have a request form. If they want an investigation, they send in, and those request forms come straight to me. So I, I talk to Everybody who sends in a form, I'm the case manager, I talk to them. Mm -hmm. And then I schedule it and send it out to the team for volunteers. I love that you're you're like the, the ghost 911 dispatcher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they come to you first. Yeah, that's great. So how does the SCPRAI work as a statewide entity? Our team, we cover the entire state of South Carolina. And, you know, it's like four or five hours from top to bottom drive time. So mm -hmm. we've divided the state up into four areas, and we have people who live in each area, so nobody has to drive too far. We stay extremely busy. We, we do this on the weekends because that's the only time anybody has free. We can do up to four investigations if they're in four different areas per weekend. We are almost always have two investigations per week. So we don't get to spend a lot of time together as a team. We're all friends, and we're like family. Darlene actually has a great word for what her and her team are doing. You'll hear how much I loved it. 
So you're really looking to disprove more than anything. What they call disbunking it. Yeah. Disbunking. I like that. Disbunk. <laughs> we go in not necessarily looking for ghosts. We, we go in to begin with looking for any logical reason something could be happening. We have run across homes where the wiring was bad, where outlets were overloaded with power strips, the things plugged into them creates a lot of electromagnetic energy, things that people associate with having a ghost. So what does Darlene think causes hauntings? Here in South Carolina, the biggest issue I would say that we've come across is the land itself. Uh, there, there's, been, there's so much history in the wars and the plantations. and It's kind of like playing a movie on a loop. There's a spirit that's just roaming the land. This house has been placed in the middle of the land, and it's just, it doesn't realize that the house is just still walking the path that it has always walked. Mm. It's just mm. going in the same place. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she seems like a total pro. So what's the most extreme haunting she's ever seen? The, the one that has totally blown our whole, the whole team away was a case that we got involved in last August in 2020. It's a retail establishment in Lexington. It's unreal, the, the things that are going on, the things that we have seen, the things that, that we've, we've seen on video, the uh, voices that we have heard off of the recorder. We, we have no explanation of who it is, why it is. It is it's absolute. We've, we've been to this place four or five times now. And just because we, we want an explanation for it, and we can't find one. Mm-hmm. Why or who is haunting this retail establishment? Oh, that sounds crazy. That sounds exactly what we're looking for. How are ghosts supposed to be handled, though? Is there a special paranormal protocol? We talk to spirits the same way we would talk to a live person. We believe in respect. Uh, we never go in to antagonize anything. We thank them for uh, allowing us in their space. We thank them if we get responses. We thank them for talking to us. We believe in giving them the same respect we would give any living human human being. Very noble. And while that's nice, our call maybe had an ulterior motive. Take a listen. We don't sound too thirsty, do we? I know that uh, Gavin and I, we would love to to work with one of your groups Definitely. one of these times, if, if that would be at all possible. Um, tag along, get some. Just tag along just to see, and uh, because we we need to learn about. <laughs> what yeah, we, we don't want to amble do. too much. Yeah, It'd we, be nice to have some. And idea. we don't we don't want to be part of the pop culture that gets everything wrong. Sadly, Darlene didn't immediately bite on our clear attempt to get an invite. But you could tell it's not just me, right? We we really hit it off. We loved Darlene. Darlene loved us. But time went on. We got into our own investigations. <laughs> Look at me. I don't need to tell you about it. <laughs> You're a professional podcast listener. So right. So true. I mean, as time went on, Darlene, while loved, slipped out of thought and mind into the ether. That is, until we got what many in the industry call electronic mail, or email for those in the know. Not just any old email, nay, this email was in fact from Darlene, 
an email from Darlene on behalf of all SCPRAI, inviting both me, Gavin, and AT on their next full group excursion. Whoa there, buddy. As you can tell, this was a huge break for us. We'd been stumbling and bumbling our way through all our own investigations, and now we're getting the chance to learn from the pros? <laughs> this is a break that fell into our laps, and we didn't even write it into the script. Whew, okay, I've, uh, I've composed myself. Apologies. Yes, we're getting a chance to hit the road with SCPRAI at its full strength, and not just to any old place, but rather a certified spooky locale. Gavin is, of course, speaking of none other than the... <laughs> Now, stop me if you've heard this before. I'm sure you have. Say it with me. The old South Pittsburgh Hospital outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee. That's exactly the one you knew I was going to say, right? Naturally. Naturally. And, of course, we just jumped at this opportunity to go spooking in the central time zone. Very spooky in itself. And to learn at the altar of seasoned professionals in an environment that we were promised would deliver exactly what we were looking for. In fact, it was so good that we actually... Gavin, now, 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 they have to listen. But it was so good because... To the end, they must listen to the end. I just want to talk about it. Shush, 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 my darling boy. (laughs) I'm so sorry, listener. (laughs) He's ravenous. (laughs) We can't make him wait much longer. Let's hit the road. I must reveal more! I'm throwing it, I'm throwing it. We're, We're moving on now. Calm down, darling. All right, picture this, listener. Gavin and I have been driving for nigh on five and one half hours, away from Columbia and away from Spook Central HQ, through Atlanta and on into Tennessee. We've set up shop in Chattanooga, a mere 30 minutes away from our destination. Yes, as we embark on this last leg, we leave the hustle and bustle of what I like to call the Noog behind us and enter the small towns and dells of rural Tennessee. We pull up to the hospital at the foot of its own mountain in Old South Pittsburgh, and we met Darlene and the rest of her investigation team in person for the first time. We're talking full crew, not the scattered SCPRAI in their separate areas around the state. We're talking the team. Now, if you search Old South Pittsburgh Hospital, there are several podcasts out there, not super engaging, There's a lot of different information about its past, thanks to overzealous marketing from previous owners of the building, and a variety of stories that make it hard to separate fact from fiction. But the current owners of the three-story structure that has two wings dispel a lot of what has been told previously, which was used to drum up hype. While it is true that sensational things have been said about this place, what is fact is that this hospital was built in a location that has shared history going back to our Native American ancestors, While there was never a tragedy that befell this area or this hospital in particular, no crazy doctor, no wild experiments or intense civil war battles nearby, nope, just the normal comings and goings, births and deaths that take place at any number of community hospitals around the country, around the world. In fact, the current owners strive to inform visitors of just the facts of this place since there has been so much hype in the past. The first thing that we did with the SCPRAI crew was to get the ground rules. Take a listen. Okay, rules. No Ouija boards, no seances, 
No trying to cross anybody over. They are here. They want to be here. No sage. No saging. If y'all want to sage when you leave, we'll do that outside. Yeah. That's perfectly fine. Out in the middle of the road. <laughs> Out in the middle of the road. Yeah. It's my personal belief anyway that our residents come and go anyway. Yeah. No provoking, no seances. No lighting candles. Um, of course, the little battery ones are fine if you want to use those. From there, SCPR AI was quickly broken into teams. Sadly, Gavin and I were not with Darlene. But the team as a whole was at the hospital for a reason and were raring to go. It was around 7 p.m. and the team had the hospital through 4 a.m. Brutal schedule. Insane hours. Gavin and I were in a team with four other guys in the group. We aren't going to give last names here, so for our purposes, they'll be Sean, Matt, Kelly, and Joe. We'll be sure to specify who's who at the start of clips, but I bet you'll be able to tell soon enough. They'll be like old friends. Now, we were set to go to the third floor first, Miss Nellie's room. Now, the background on Nellie's room is that she was one of the hospital's oldest, most tenured residents when alive. She died of complications of dementia in her room. As a ghost, she doesn't particularly like men, so for a group of six guys to start off the night in her room maybe isn't the most auspicious start. Anyway, take a listen and just see how wrong A.T. and I were during our investigations. This is Kelly to start. Miss Nell, I brought you a gift. It's a little toy figurine I'm going to put on your shelf. And then Sean. Could you tell us what kind of figurine he just put on the shelf? Could you tell us something about yourself? And here's Joe. Do you know what year this is? And here's Kelly again. When you were alive, they said you had dementia. Has that been cleared now? Listen here to Sean. He explains their methodology for trying to elicit a possible paranormal response. Uh, so we basically just start out doing an EVP session, asking questions, see if we get any responses. So we will ask some direct questions and try and get direct responses. And if you're sitting there asking yourself, yeah, anyone can ask questions to an empty room, but how often does this sort of thing work? Well, you are not alone, my friend, because A.T., he asked this exact question. Inquiring minds need to know. This is Joe giving the answer. I'll be honest, I think I've got three answers from the EVP questions. Mm -hmm. Everything else I've caught is us just sitting talking because mm -hmm. they want to join in on it with you. Regularly, we find that um, they'll like to jump into, you know, our conversation. Because, like, how would you feel if we just randomly walked in and started helping you with questions for five minutes? <laughs> that tidbit will come back into play later on. You just need to keep listening. Oh, but it's hours from this point. Podcast magic makes it only tens of minutes for the listener. Ooh. You're welcome, by the way. These are the things we do to ourselves for your listening pleasure. Ooh. Next, I asked for some elaboration on the rules that we heard at the top. I wasn't totally clear on exactly what they were asking us not to do in this building. Saging is a cleansing method to release the spirits, get the spirits out of an area. So they basically don't want to release them. They don't want us kicking them out of the building. Right. That's what, what it'll do. Mm -hmm. A Ouija board will open a line of communication in anything. So if you're trying to, say, communicate with your grandmother and you get a response, that's probably most likely not who it is. Right. And that's not just to a human spirit. That could be anything. 
and that could be opened up a portal to another dimension, which you know you never know what could be coming out of there. Right. And if you don't necessarily tell you the truth about what it is. And if you don't know how to um, use a Ouija board, don't know how the right intentions, you will leave that portal open. And and it's not just like Ouija board. If you write on a napkin, you're opening a line of communication with your intent. So you can literally yeah, a lot of it's you can create letters on a napkin and do the same thing. You know, they said the rules, no provoking. We, our group does not provoke. We don't like, show yourself, you know, we don't do what mm-hmm. you see on TV. Um, we have a saying in our group, you, you've seen um, the show Zach Baggins. Mm-hmm. So we, we have a saying, don't Zach it up. Yeah. <laughs> I'll save you some internet searching and tell you that Zach is the ghost adventures guy. Anyway, here's Joe picking back up. I mean, the one time I think I've ever gotten mean to a spirit was it, it was attacking one of the team members. And then we also, back um, a couple years ago, we investigated a house in uh, the Midlands. Three or four of our people actually got attacked days before we even got there. Um, some of them were gonna call out and be like, I can't go. Totally agree. Let's not provoke each other any more than we need to, huh? Living or dead. Now, it seemed as though we were destined to strike out with Old Nell as our first stop. She doesn't like men, and it seems like our combined masculinity was never going to allow that to happen. Now, oh, come on, dude. Oh, I mean, of course, me alone. I mean, just so strong and tough. You know this. Uh, okay, moving on. We, <laughs> we finished in Nellie's room, thanking her for allowing us into her space. All right, we're leaving you now. Another will to talk to you. Thank you for having us. From here, we moved on to the nursery for labor and delivery, still on the third floor. While the hospital proper closed down around 1998 for normal reasons, nothing salacious here, folks, this section was kept open as a drug rehab facility until around 2001. There's said to be a lot of shadow figures in this area, so we were on the lookout. Now, a shadow figure is basically exactly what you imagine it would be. A dark shadow in the general shape of a person. Just FYI on that. Yes, yes, thank you. Anyway, as I was saying... I know what a shadow figure looks like. I was looking for him, but we moved on to the nursery, and A.T. seizes upon this opportunity to start interrogating our group. Little journal that he is. Here he is asking Matt what got him into this line of investigation. Can you tell me, uh, like, what got you into this sort of thing? Um, so for me, a lot of people on the team grew up and had experiences or lived in a house or whatever. For me, um, I was just always attracted to horror movies, horror novels growing up. Like, uh, Halloween is the biggest holiday in our household. And we're all the time, my wife is the same way, watching a horror movie or reading a horror book or something like that. Um, And she had some experiences growing up and things like that. But for me, it was just kind of naturally the next step, I guess. You want to put that at the same I get to see all this stuff and... And for me, I'm scientific about it as well. I want to be able to prove yes or no. So like when we go into a client's house or something, our main objective is either prove that there's a spirit there or not, but also, you know, it could be something else that you could have an electrical problem you don't know about or things like that. So we kind of go beyond just proving yes or no about the spirit. Okay, so can we go next? Like, uh, why, 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 how did you let's get? Let's welcome ourselves to the nursery. Sure, totally. That's Sean politely telling me to shut up. He was right. He was right. 
We're supposed to be quiet here, and if you know me, which you should by now, no surprises here, masks off, it's not the easiest thing for me. Yeah, it's also called being a professional reporter. Shh. Okay, Mr. Big Shot, don't take him out of the scene. Here's Sean asking questions again. Is there anybody in here with us? We've got a ball right there in the center of the room. It will light up if you start playing with it. Did you have a baby here? If you're in the hallway looking in, I have a recorder device up in the window. You can speak into it and we'll be able to hear you through that. Again, not much happened here. We decided to move on. And while we're changing rooms, I noticed that there were children's toys strewn about the building. We're talking balls, tricycles, toy cars, etc. And let me tell you, seeing kids' toys all around an abandoned hospital with no power is uh, super creepy. But they have a purpose. Here's Matt helping me understand. The, 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 the children's toys, the cars in the, in the hallways and stuff, I wasn't expecting that, to be honest. It's just kind of a... Attractant? They, like, they just what? like move and stuff? Yeah. It's a trigger object. There you go. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm. <laughs> Now let's take this opportunity to dig a little deeper into the gear that the investigators are using to try and elicit an unexplainable experience. We just learned about trigger objects, which are easy enough to understand, something simple enough to manipulate that a spirit or ghost could move it. Another thing we were seeing all over are motion sensor lights. Many team members had them and laid them around whatever area they were in. There's also what they call a K2 or K2 meter, Here's Sean explaining what it is and how it works. Uh, so it's a K2 meter. It um, registers electromagnetic fields. Uh, the theory is, is um, a spear is trying to manifest. It's pulling the energy around it, and it'll create a field. The team also used thermal imaging, as there are theories that ghosts can create cold spots. And much like AT and I, they're also recording audio the entire time while they're asking questions. I had a lavalier microphone attached to my person recording, while AT was carrying around what we call in the biz a shotgun microphone, which is a long, narrow, directional microphone also recording. We only had the two mics, and it was so much audio to dig through. The amount of post-production required on an investigation like this is staggering to me. Absolutely immense. I doff my hat to them as an audio engineer. Now, it's not all sensors and thermal imaging, questions and scouring audio in post when they attempt to make contact. There's a much more personal way, contact being the key word here. Here's Sean. Can you check my pulse? You can touch me, you just can't hurt me. Wow. Gavin and I did not see this one coming. And that's another thing you can do. You can set boundaries and offer your energy to help them manifest, but you can, you know, tell them you just can't hurt me. Okay, so now you have a feel for how these guys and gals approach their investigation. A bit technical and also a bit of a form of art, if you ask me. You're trying to recreate some moments in order to channel energies that may still reside in some of these locations. Now is a part where some of the podcast magic comes into play. <gasps> exactly, Gavin. We're saving you your precious time, dear listener. I'm going to tell you that we went through many more rooms doing the same thing with little to no results. None results. Little results would have been nice, but... That was none results. Yes, none results, but informative nonetheless. Anyway, let's time jump. By now, it's 11-ish p.m. and pitch black. 
It's getting close to my bedtime, and I'm staring down four more hours of striking out. If you're anything like me, you're wondering why we have to stay up all night to try and catch ghosts. When you die, do you become nocturnal? Are there no day ghosts? Kelly could feel all these questions burning out of my brain. Then you, you probably ask yourself, well, why do they do this at night? Do the ghosts only come out at night? I was going to ask that. I actually had that teed up. They don't <laughs> um, because the average, we do businesses and homes. We, we do a lot more homes. We come in at night. You pick up more sound, travels better when there's no distractions, no traffic outside, no equipment running in the home. But we, we could also do our investigations during the day. If they're spirits, they're spirits. It doesn't matter if it's 2.30 a.m. or 2.30 p.m. There's spirits, there's activity. We all work full-time jobs. We don't have the luxury of being there, you know, during the day. Not that that's how we want to do it all the time, but with scheduling, that's how we do it. And, and a lot of clients, that's what they expect. Well, at least that's nice to know that they're also tired and are doing this at night because, hey, that's when they have the time, too. Exactly. Okay. The next room we're going to enter is the second floor ER, or commonly referred to as Buddy's Room. The room is said to house a ghost of a small boy who we don't know the name of, but everyone calls Buddy. He's said to have met his untimely fate while doing typical six- or seven-year-old boy stuff, trying to dig up worms in the yard, which turned out to be the nest of baby copperheads. He was brought to the hospital unresponsive and ultimately died there. Now, we bring you to this room not because we caught any glimpses of Buddy or registered any ghostly or unexplainable experiences. No, this is where our six-man team completely bottomed out emotionally. It's not just me craving bedtime anymore, okay? Even these seasoned pros are feeling disheartened. We're now hours into collectively staring off into the darkness, asking ourselves if we're seeing something or if our eyes are playing tricks on us in the pitch black darkness. Pretty quiet in here. It is. Which it's too quiet though. What do you mean? Well, sometimes like you get that feeling where it's just quiet and then there's like dead silence quiet. And it's just a different feeling for me at least. I get more than it's avoiding. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of us running around, and normally they have teams of, what, like four or five for this whole building? Mm-hmm. And we've thrown in 22. But all of our energy combined throughout this whole building should be enough to manifest something. How often is it like this for you guys? Is it because Gavin and I are here? No. No. <laughs> like I said before, it's, you can't make them do anything on command. Yeah. We would think we'd be seeing more activity than this, but and you again... Have- you get a whole group of strangers in an area you used to, you're going to hide or, you know, not want to do anything around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully, as the night goes on, they'll be more comfortable. Now, at this point, this is when A.T., he can't help it anymore either. I have to tell you, dear listener, he's been so good. He's been such a good boy up to this point. Sure, he got nicely asked to shut up earlier, but I've never seen him so still, deferential, and quiet. To be honest, I was getting concerned. Yes, thank you, it was a burden. A burden that A.T. could not carry any longer, to be specific. At this point, much like the will of the group, the dam broke. And A.T., 
<laughs> he started talking. What, what, what do you guys do, by the way? I'm from North Jersey. And he did not. Oxford is a nice little town. Stop. Bourbonsburg? Oh. Talking. Big hills. Big hills. Really big hills. Nah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a major indoor cat, though, man. Yes, as we made our way from room to room, it seemed less about the due diligence of the group and more just about AT bloviating and filling the empty space in all of our hearts where the hope of finding the unexplainable used to dwell. That's, that's when it happened. What's it they say? It's always darkest before the dawn? I think it's, look to my coming at the first light on the fifth day. At dawn, look east. That's not it. Yes, it is. It's Gandalf. Oh my god, no, not here, okay? I thought I was going to make it an entire season without this. Well, I know, it's just a line from the movies and not how Helm's Deep went down in the book, but come on! No, 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 Lord of the Rings. It's dumb anyway. There's no crossover into this podcast. (sighs) Now let's get back to the hospital, where we were in what they call Tri-City, the oldest and spookiest part of the hospital. And that's not just me ginning up interest. The owners don't like being here alone either. They call the hallway the trickster hallway. Like I said before AT ruined my tease, that's when it happened. Talking about it happening. Join us in this second floor hallway, if you will. The footsteps drowning out. Darkness surrounds us as we click off our headlamps and settle into chairs that line the narrow hallway. We're staggered about five feet away from each other and I'm at the very end of the hallway, sitting quietly, watching my breath, making sure I make no random non-verbal noises, and just listening for anything. Now there are more than three hours into this, and I've, I've become one with the darkness. It was getting hard to know where the darkness ended, and I began. But I could still differentiate between noises of the building, stomach grumblings, pipes, and, well, then there was something else. We'll pick up with A.T., who, of course, is talking, this time to Matt and Joe, specifically about the paranormal investigators, the Warrens. They're the main characters depicted in the Conjuring series. Now, listen closely to this conversation. What do you think about the Warrens? They're, they're, they're like, advertising that part, you know? Well, the, the Warren Foundation is now. I don't think they really did much in the way of advertising. There the, uh, wasn't really a museum when... It was like well, well, yeah, it wasn't a museum, right? Mm-hmm. They had it, but it wasn't open like it is. Did you hear that? Yeah. Who whispered that? Nobody. Nobody. I heard Nobody that. whispered that. No. We're we talking. all we all just heard it. <laughs> Could you repeat that for us? Did you hear that? I'll play it again, but really try and listen behind the words. Right. Mm-hmm. They had it, but it wasn't open like it is. Now one more time, really listen. Put some headphones on. Push your ear pods into your ear canals. We're not liable for hearing loss here. Pull the car over and listen one more time. We'll slow it down this time. They had it, but it wasn't open like it is. Oh my God, listeners, we finally did it. Did you hear that? We got something on tape that we cannot explain, and we didn't make it up at all. I mean, you heard that, right? (laughs) It's right there. There was no explaining what we heard there. I made sure that I didn't want to be the first person to say something. You heard Sean first question the sound, and sure enough, the other guys heard it too and confirmed it. That sound came from the left of me, the end of the hallway. It wasn't a draft. It wasn't me mumbling or making noise. It was an unexplainable moment captured on my audio and on AT's. 
Well, I didn't hear it in the moment because, of course, I was talking too much. But remember what Joe said in Nelly's room. I'll be honest, I think I've got three answers from the EVP questions. Mm -hmm. Everything else I've got is us just sitting talking. So you could say I, uh, sorta am responsible for the whole thing. No, stop it. I heard it. You didn't. Also, regardless of what Joe said, I bet the ghost just wanted you to shut up. Well, whoever was responsible for it, me by the way, it wasn't the only thing that happened. Then this occurred. Oh. Hey, did you see the lot? Yeah. Was that not one of y'all? No, that was the tripwire. The tripwire went off. It was the far one. We got a hunter in the house. I saw a flash. Must be. Do you like to go hunting? That's right. Just like Gandalf said, oh, when we were at our personal Helm's Deep and it looked like we had stayed up all night for absolutely no reason, getting suspiciously little activity, we get an unexplainable whisper that numerous people heard. And then not 90 seconds later, a motion sensor light is tripped for the first time all night. Lord of the Rings illusions aside, AT's right. When all of our hope of finding anything was lost, we, for the first time all season, got some verifiably unverifiable phenomena on tape. All thanks to me not being able to be quiet. You know what? You're welcome, Gavin. Uh, no, if anything, the ghost whispered into my ear because it could tell how bored I was with whatever you were talking about. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, if anything, the ghost was agreeing with me about the conjuring and my dislike of hunting. Mm, I'm not doing this right now. We have a podcast to finish. And, and honestly, this should be a celebration, not an argument. We, we haven't even taken a music break in a minute. Just hit me with some beats, baby. Now, by no means is this the only hallway with activity at the old South Pittsburgh Hospital. There are many more purported hauntings from the ghosts of doctors and nurses who loved and worked at this hospital for years. While we didn't get to meet any of them that night, that doesn't mean that they're not there. In fact, plenty of other people have reportedly seen them and run into them. If you're anything like me, this may not be the smoking gun you need to believe in ghosts. But at a minimum, this can serve as something unexplainable. Gavin isn't a massive ghost believer or anything, but in real time, he heard that whisper. I didn't believe him in the moment, but sure as anything, when we went back and listened to our separate audio, it was there, on both. The sound of something that we cannot simply explain away. Especially when you factor in the motion sensor lights being tripped within 90 seconds of it happening after absolutely zero activity the rest of the night. Morning, it wasn't night, it was the morning. Oh gosh, central time really got me there. We got back to our Red Roof Inn in Chattanooga at 5.40 a.m. Our bodies battered and bruised from working ungodly hours. But knowing that after all of our investigations, all of our, quite frankly, failures, we'd finally gotten the goods. Something on tape for you listeners. Oh, Gavin, they weren't failures. <laughs> it's not about the ghosts. It's about the friends you make along the way. Don't you dare live, laugh, love this. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> now, we here at SOS pride ourselves on it being an academic podcast. So let's go over what we learned here. Exactly right, Dr. Gavin, Ph.D. Thank you, Dr. A.T., Ph.D. Esquire. <laughs> well, when spooking, you should... 
Have proper equipment, K2 meter, handheld recorders, trigger objects, motion sensor light strips and balls, thermal imaging. Don't have improper equipment, Ouija boards, seance stuff, etc. We aren't trying to provoke anything. We're there to listen. Now, sage is a different story. We didn't use it in the hospital because we wanted the spirits there. If you have a haunting you want to get rid of, saging the area is exactly what you want to do. On the note of listening, keyword listen, AT. Know when to ask questions and know when to be quiet and listen. Classic Kenny Rogers right here. Know when to hold him and know when to fold him scenario. Be open to new experiences. Trying to communicate with the paranormal isn't a cookie cutter experience. These spirits aren't animals that do tricks or jump through hoops. And most importantly, treat them and their surroundings with respect. Just like our disembodied whisper, it just wanted to join the conversation, which is something you could say about nearly 99% of the people living in your life. We can't possibly end this episode without thanking Darlene, Sean, Matt, Joe, Kelly, and the rest of the SCPR AI crew for allowing Gavin and me to tag along with them and the Old South Pittsburgh Hospital for facilitating this learning expedition. And we couldn't forget you, dear listener, for joining us along the way. Silliness, seriousness, and everything in between, we hope you enjoyed listening to our first season of South of Spooky as much as we enjoyed making it for you and we hope that you will join us for more adventures in the future. Don't forget that if you miss Gavin and me, you can always listen to the lead. We're there year-round. Good job always promoting, AT. Producer Sean, when did you get here? Sean? Yes, you two have done a marvelous job learning to be better detectives. Chief! I'm here too, guys. Ditto Head! And don't you dare think you could end this without me. Plus, I'm here for my cut of that ghost whisper money. Mean Boss Sean, where did you all come from? Hey guys, nice Sean here. Don't worry, I won't kick a door in. But we were here all along with you, Gavin and A.T., in your hearts. Well, that explains everything, I guess. What is this, the Wizard of Oz? This this sounds like the Wizard of Oz all of a sudden. <laughs> anyway, see you next season on... Live from New York, it's South of Spooky! Oh, I'm here too, listener. The announcer. No, not by choice. The audience and I, we're trapped here. It's a personal hell. They've been clapping for days on end, never ceasing. Please, if you can hear this, send help. South of Spooky is a production of South Carolina Public Radio and South Carolina ETV. It's hosted by Gavin Jackson and me, A.T. Shire. Our producer is also me, A.T. Shire. Joshua Teckel is our research assistant. Amy Crouch is our supervising producer, and Sean Birch is our executive producer. You can find this episode, first-hand accounts, research, documents, multimedia, and more on southcarolinapublicradio.org spooky. Have you had an encounter with one of South Carolina's famed ghosts? Maybe experienced a haunted spot in the South? Witness something no one would believe? or have a place or tale we should investigate? Well, we'd love to hear from you. Shoot us an email at spooky at scetv.org and we'll be in touch. Stay safe out there and watch out if you're heading south of Spooky. Spooky.